the Bible Study Podcast, episode 798. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts a study of the book of Philippians. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Let's talk a little bit about the book of Philippians. So I went through as we finished the Minor Prophets and looked at what books we had not covered yet. And the book of Philippians, which is a short book, is one of the few books in the New Testament that we haven't covered in the podcast yet, or I haven't covered in the podcast yet. I'm not sure why I looped you into that for a second. And so I want to do this. It it happens to be one of my favorite of the New Testament books. And let's talk a little bit about what it's about first. And this is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. And if you don't remember Philippi, Philippi was came up in the book of Acts, specifically in chapter 16. And there's a couple things that are mentioned in that account. And Paul is in Philippi for a relatively short period of time. He goes from Troas, he comes over into Greece, he travels to Philippi, which we learn is a Roman colony and the district of Macedonia. Luke says in the account in Acts that we stayed there for several days. And then at the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. Now, this is interesting because... Normally, what Paul will do the first time he comes into a city is he would go to the synagogue and he would bring his message first to the Jews and then they would talk for a while and eventually they would kick him out of the synagogue and some people would come with him and then he would also talk to the and then he would also talk to the Gentiles, those who weren't Jewish. But what we learned from this since he goes to this place of prayer instead, is that because this is a Roman colony, a Roman colony would be settled with ex-Roman legionnaires. And as a rule, Jews didn't tend to serve in the legion because for one thing, not being able to fight on the Sabbath was kind of a limiting feature career-wise. And so there isn't a big Jewish community in Philippi. And so instead he goes to this place of prayer instead of the synagogue. And he meets a woman who is a seller of purple, therefore a wealthy woman, because purple is a very expensive dye, he meets a woman called Lydia. And the church will later meet in the house of Lydia. She's a worshiper of God, which means that she is someone who is worshiping God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but hasn't converted to Judaism, but she has been influenced by Judaism, is what we interpret that to mean there. The second thing that happens in Philippi is that Paul is being followed by a female slave who can tell the future, we're told. And she is possessed of a demon and she annoys Paul enough because she keeps walking past saying, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She keeps this up for many days until Paul finally drives the demon out of her, which is upsetting to her owners who aren't going to get that money source. And so they have Paul beaten and thrown into jail. And that's that famous a scene where Paul and his co-worker, who is uh, Silas, are in jail singing hymns when an earthquake comes. The prisoners do not flee, and instead they're found in the jail by the jailer who ministers to them and becomes a Christian that night. Anyway, then they have to leave town. So Paul, at this point, is writing back to the Philippians, and he's writing back to this city 
that wasn't always very hospitable to them. In fact, that beat them and, and imprisoned them illegally, one might point out, because Paul is a Roman citizen and you weren't supposed to do that. But he is writing back to the church there. He's had to leave this church rather suddenly because after he is released from prison, they ask him to leave town. And it goes like this. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you who share in God's grace with me, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. A couple different thoughts there, three different paragraphs. So he remembers the Philippians fondly, and he's continuing to pray for them. He's continuing to pray for them even as he has moved on to other things. He left behind some of his co-workers in Philippi who basically continued that work of founding the church and they did a good job. And so he says every time he remembers them, he remembers them with joy. And as he prays for them, he prays for them with joy. And I hope that you are a member or connected to a Christian community where you have that reaction as well, where you found a Christian community that you can belong to, that you can be associated with, that when you think of those people, you think of them and pray for them with joy. Because that is really what we're intended to be as we're in fellowship, as we're intended to be in fellowship with other people, and that is intended to be a joyful experience, a joyful connection. And then he says, it's, it's right for me to feel this way about you, even whether I'm in chains or defending or confirming the gospel. So Paul will later on go on to be arrested and sent to Caesar. And I believe that this is written at that later part of his ministry. And so he is not just a few days out of Philippi, but he has been gone longer and they've had more time to mature and establish. And we see that because he's writing, for instance, to the overseers and deacons and they have a a structure in place. They have enough people that they need structure. It's not just Lydia and the people who meet in her house, you know, a small group of people at this point, but the church has grown. And in his prayers, he prays for them. And this is an interesting prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So he's praying for them, first of all, for love. Because remember, the defining characteristic that we are called to as Christians is love. That we should be known for, above all, for our love. If we're not There's something wrong. There's something wrong with how we are living out our life if we are not showing that. So he says that your love may abound more and more, but not just love, but he also prays that they'll get deeper into their faith, 
with knowledge and depth of insight. So he wants them to grow. He wants them to understand more and more what God is about. And then he also wants them to have discernment. He wants them to be able to tell what is true and what is false, who is leading them away from God, who is leading them towards God. And that is something as all mature Christians, we should develop. It is something that is very important for us to develop because otherwise it's easy for us to get turned in the wrong direction. And if we're turned in the wrong direction, then we won't be pure and blameless of the day of Jesus Christ. They really praise that they will have the discernment so that they can follow where God is leading them filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. So he wants them to be loving. He wants them to be knowledgeable. He wants them to be discerning, pure and blameless and righteous, being right with God because of what Christ has done. And then he goes on here. And I think I'm going to pause at that point. We're going to do the rest of the first chapter next week. So this is a short book. We'll spend five weeks doing it. So we'll finish the first chapter next week. Uh, But we'll leave you with that same prayer from Paul. It is my prayer for you also that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.